Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, February the 27th, as we like to do once uh, once a week. We're chatting with our good friend, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Bill, welcome. It's always a great honor to have you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Silvio. It's a great pleasure to be here. All right. Well, let me begin with a, uh, before we get to all the serious stuff, and there's just a lot of ugly, serious stuff happening, but I just want to bring up Elizabeth Taylor, uh, who was born on this day in 1932, passed away in 2011. Um, I don't really have a favorite movie. I always thought that Elizabeth Taylor was a very elegant woman, very beautiful woman uh, at every point that I can remember. But uh, anyway, I did like Little Women. That movie came out many, many years ago, and they were showing it recently. And I thought it was a, it was pretty cool. She played the, the younger sister. So yes. Do you have any uh, any memories of Elizabeth Taylor? I do. Uh, uh, she uh, shot to uh, substantial uh, of fame in a movie called National Velvet, which was a, uh, a story, I believe, if I recall correctly, about a girl and her horse. Uh, and uh, she became a, 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 a fine actress. I mean, people think of her as a glamorous movie star, which she was. But she was also considered a very fine actress. Uh, she was only five foot two, which I think is interesting because uh, in the the screen impression of her was very impressive. Uh, this very impressive. Uh, uh, I thought she was taller than that. No, I, have to say, I had no tiny, idea. Tiny, tiny. So, uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me, that was me sneezing. I apologize. No, no but, problem. But but she she. Whenever she had a role, she did it well. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, she was probably underestimated as an actress because her home life was so, so, so tumultuous. I don't know how many... <laughs> Again, I'm sorry. I don't know how many uh, times she was married. Uh, maybe I'll go to the computer and look it up. Yeah. But that it, it, it affected the, uh, the, her image. Uh, you know, your home life... They say theoretically shouldn't uh, shouldn't uh, affect an actress's image because all she is supposed to do is is give a good performance. But it, it inevitably it, uh, it 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 does. Here I've come to come to the page. She was married to Conrad Hilton, Ma Michael Wilding, Mike Todd, Eddie Fisher, Richard Burton, Richard Burton again for the second time, John W. Warner who was an influential senator from Virginia. Senator, yes. Yes, yes senator, and Larry yes. Fortensky. The, the real love of her life was Mike Todd, who was uh, a Hollywood producer. He was a spunky, uh, talented guy who I believe was killed in a plane crash. And I think, and then she went on to marry Eddie Fisher, mm. which, who was a wonderful singer, by the way, but not much of a human being. He, no. he kind of had a trashy private life, which shocked many people. Marrying Richard Burton, uh, uh, she he was a very distinguished actor, and, and the two of them seemed to go together, uh, and, mm -hmm. and uh, there was the hope that, that he would set her right in some of her personal ways. Uh, <laughs> they were married twice, <laughs> I've always liked that, but that didn't work out, so she married a U.S. senator, and that didn't work out. And the, I don't know Larry Fortensky, I believe was a laborer, uh, worked on her, 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 her house or something, married him. But she, she, her, she was a person, therefore, with a mixed image. Right. Uh, died uh, at the age of 79, 
was considered one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. I mean, really, uh, she almost signified Hollywood uh, because of her glamour. Uh, she had a private company. I think it was a jewelry company. Uh, but uh, she could have done much more. Uh, right. I, I never met her. Uh, people I know who knew her said she was extremely intelligent. She could have uh, become a studio executive or uh, Joan Crawford became a businesswoman. But unfortunately, uh, it didn't happen. And um, uh, uh, she was, she, you know, she was British. She was not American. Right. She was born in London yeah, and grew up yes. here. Yeah. And, and uh, so was Burton, right? Richard Burton was British too, right? Oh, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, but well, they, they made a, a, but I remember them as a couple and they, they, they made a great couple, at least. Oh, the photo, absolutely. The absolutely. Photo, very photogenic uh, couple that they always were. But I keep thinking, Bill, these little twists of history. Imagine if John, if, if uh, Ronald Reagan had not selected George Bush for vice president in 1980 and he had selected uh, John Warner from Virginia, yes. maybe uh, Elizabeth Taylor could have ended up as our first lady. As someday. first lady. And yeah. you want to know something? I think she would have done a terrific job. I think so, too, because she had a great personality and she was one of those people uh, that could go around the world in a sense and, and present yes. herself. So, yeah, but I, as I said, I, I don't, don't have a, like a real breakdown of her movies, but I do remember little women. They were showing that here recently and I thought it was a, a nice movie and she was very young uh, in that movie because yes. I think she must've been still a teenager and she made that movie, but I thought she did a good job. And, and of course, Cleopatra, which I guess is their famous movie, but that movie always struck me as if they had too much of a budget to spend. Yes, that's I mean, exactly right. <laughs> seemed like every little, you know, every little thing in the kitchen sink ended up in that movie, Bill. Yeah, that, that's exactly, I think it was her demand. I mean, she was extremely expensive. It's interesting that you bring up Little Women because in the 1930s, uh, which was Hollywood's first great decade, there were many, many young actors and actresses. Uh, there were many children's films. Of course, that's the era of Judy Garland. It was the era of Shirley Temple. And one of the interesting things about that is that the studios, in order to uh, employ these actors and actresses at, at a young age, had to provide their education. They had to guarantee that they were getting the same education uh, everyone else got uh, and uh, by law. And, they, so, and MGM actually started, started an education unit. And it was, and it, it grew to not only educating uh, young children, uh, you know, like Mickey Rooney. It grew to become one of the most famous parts of MGM, and that is a, a people I know. A, a new, uh, gone now. A rather famous singer who was offered an MGM contract and didn't want to take it. She's kind of a rebel. She didn't have any guarantees of any be actually being in any movies. Didn't want to take it. And her agent said to her, Fran, take it. You can go to their schools. Right. And, right. and she said it was one of the greatest experiences. They, they were taught acting. They were taught movement. They were taught walking. They were taught being interviewed. Uh, they were taught uh, uh, their comport, comport, uh, comportment off screen and they really had the developed these skills that are not developed today i mean uh, i i interviewed many when i was on the tonight show many of the uh performers from that period and what always struck me is that no matter where they came from 
no matter how poor a family they came from, they always spoke beautifully. Right. Because well, they, they had been trained. Elizabeth Taylor certainly did. Uh, oh, she yeah. had a great presence. Um, but anyway, Elizabeth Taylor, uh, born, as you said, in England in 1932. And then I read that she came to the United States with her family in 1939. Or I guess that would be shortly before her her career. Well, Bill, let's get into, into some ugly and serious stuff for the week. Uh, unfortunately, there's too much of it. But illegal immigration is, is really the topic uh, right now. Uh, the whole border thing is is a national topic. You, I'm sure you know the story. Oh yes, of this young man who went down to Georgia and killed this huh. young woman. I mean, absolutely horrific story. But here's the part that angers me, Bill, more than anything else: the fact that he got in, okay, but the fact that he twice uh, had had contact with the police and ICE was never contacted, Bill. Right. That is <clears throat> somebody has to pay for that. I mean, to me. That is such a dereliction of duty. Um, if I was this young woman's family, I mean, they've got things to deal with, I'm sure, with her loss. But at some point, they should sue people for just horrible irresponsibility, Bill. This, I think, is a great idea. Uh, in that now he was released in New York, and you know, the, the, you know what, what New York is like politically. It's 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 to the left of Joseph Stalin. I mean, they they we are a or not we because I don't live there anymore, but. They are a sanctuary city, and they never understood when they designated themselves a sanctuary city what that would ultimately mean, that, it, that, that, that they actually had to be a sanctuary. New York City is now a mess. Uh, they don't have the housing for these people. They did house them in luxury hotels. Uh, they, 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 I, I don't mean to demean every one of the illegals as a horrible person, but there were a lot among them who you wouldn't want in your city, and uh, right. they have committed crimes. And, you know, they, they get arrested, and the police know that, that by the time the police officer gets back to uh, his precinct, that, that that criminal will be will be released. Right. Or released it's horrible. With, it's they, absolutely horrible. They are, they're released with, on desk warrants, which means you have to appear on such and such a day or in such and such a month and it's like a joke. These are criminals. They're not going to appear. Right. But uh, but the, the left wing in the New York City Council um, uh, is very powerful. The left wing in the state government of New York, uh, the Democratic Party is to the well to the left of the governor. And that is unfortunately what's been allowed to happen. You know, we really do have in this country, uh, I, I think, three parties. We have the Republican Party, which itself has its splits and divisions. But then we have two Democratic parties, the regular Democratic Party that most of us remember, and then there's the Progressive Democratic Party, which is a party unto itself and is doing enormous harm to the country. Absolutely, and, and to the party itself. Oh, yes. Uh, as, we, uh, as we're seeing. But in, in this case, uh, as I said, I mean, I'm sure the family of this young woman uh, doesn't want to be exploiting her tragedy or their tragedy or being on television a lot. I can understand that. But but they need to they need to sue because these cities have a responsibility if they arrest somebody to turn them over to ICE. And not only are they putting the lives of the like this young woman down in Georgia in danger, who knows who else he he beat up or did something to in New York. I mean, uh, th this guy had problems. This guy should have never been out in the street. But that seems to be what's happening. And, and then. Now, here's something, and maybe it's just a coincidence, Bill. 
It maybe maybe you think it's maybe it's just a coincidence. But he goes from a sanctuary city to another sanctuary city. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now you tell me, maybe it's a coincidence, or maybe these people know, you know, they have like a little map and they know which places to go to, Bill. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I wouldn't be surprised if it's if that's the case because they have done some interviews. I saw one on Fox earlier in the week where the reporter who also uh, uh, spoke Spanish was able to talk to them and ask, which city you go are you going to? Every one of them had a, had a target city, which means they were, they were prepared for this. Uh, one of the things that also strikes me is the number of people from China who are coming across the border. And of course, China is, you know, no matter what they say in Washington, it's an enemy country. And they say they are mostly young men of fighting age. And I have to wonder, no accusations made. I haven't got proof against any of them. I have to wonder what what we're in store for. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, many people have said, it's certainly not original with me, that we're going to have another 9-11. It's completely possible. I mean, uh Either this is all a big coincidence or they're getting their troops ready. I mean, because they, you're right. They got these people coming in. Apparently, the biggest problem with these Chinese young men is it's in Arizona. That's where apparently they're, <laughs> yes. they're coming in. Because one of the good things that the governor has done here in Texas is that we have pretty, pretty much effectively closed the border. Uh, that's one of the good things that we've done here. So these people are now going around, if you will, and going west. And they're going to California. Look what's happening in San Diego and in, in Arizona at the same time. And, you know, these they're, they're coming in. And I don't know how these, how these uh, you know, places are going to deal with them. California just came out and said that they have a $78 billion deficit. Incredible. So, so I mean, uh, that uh, that's a lot of money they're going to have to collect from taxpayers to make up for that. Uh, and and then of course Arizona has always been a not necess- I mean not a poor state but certainly not as big as as other states so it, it's just a mess and then the Biden administration I guess President Biden all of a sudden decided that he had to go to the border yes he finally decided that would be a place for him to go isn't that yeah isn't that interesting that um, is uh, I, 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 it was noted earlier in the week on a, uh, one of the news programs, which had a very intelligent discussion, uh, which is r- rare, uh, one of the people was on talking about the size of the immigration population, the illegal, I should point out. And they said, and this is why it's important. They will be counted, even though they're illegals, they will be counted in the census. And the census is what determines congressional districts. Mm-hmm. And this this could be a disaster for this country. Right. There are so there are so many uh, illegals in the country that if you that if you uh, count them in the census, they can flip congressional districts. Well, they well, don't even, they don't they don't even have to vote. Right. Their, their very presence uh, will will affect. Well, the certainly districts. reshape reshape uh, yes. districts in California where they're sure. losing people, for example, or New York. But I think you know the person that I saw on television making this point. Maybe it was the same one that you saw was a congresswoman from the Dallas area, the Dallas, uh, actually Irving to our West. And that's uh, Van Dyne, Congresswoman Van Dyne, who said that the number of people who came in were the equivalent of 17 congressional districts. Yes. That is uh, what's come in. So they're going to have an impact on, on these districts. As I say, they don't have to be naturalized to vote. Just their mere presence 
is going to mean that whatever uh, losses uh, New York or California have in population, they can replace these people uh, with these uh, migrants. But Bill, I I think that we're this is such an unhumanitarian way to do things because I was listening to the governor of Colorado again, a Democrat, and he was saying that the these people arriving are hurting their housing market. They don't have enough housing. So yeah. it's it's making housing more more expensive, more complicated, and I guess nobody thought about any of that. Nobody thought about any of the economics or housing impacts or healthcare or educational impacts of bringing in that many people into the country. It's insane. So and bring and bringing them in illegally. Yes. So yes. the fact that they did this make, brings me closer, Bill, to believing that this was a plan. Yes, uh, yes, and I think it was planned, and it and it demonstrates once again something that I think we see over and over, and that is that the political left is never interested in people. It's interested only in its ideology. They hurt people all the time, the way they run schools and run them into the ground, the way they are now trying to infiltrate with success the medical school system. They don't care who gets hurt. There is an old saying on the Marxist left, uh, we all learned it years ago in high school that they will say, well, you got to break a couple of eggs to make an omelet. <laughs> and and that, that's they would say, say, yeah, we know we hurt people, but the the cause is greater. Right. And 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 the <laughs> amazing thing is, is the way the story is being reported by we let by what we laughingly call the free press. Right. Well, they, the story is being covered, Bill, forgive me for interrupting you, but the, the story is being covered. That uh, that it's dangerous for young women to go jogging. Exactly. I I, I think that many schools are now going to have to have uh, uh, armed guard, armed guards on their jogging paths, or uh, they can take the the male who uh, claims to be a female from their basketball teams. Right. That's right. That's right. But I mean, um, yeah. Apparently, you know, it's dangerous for young women to go jogging. Okay. I guess that's the big story, according to the AP. I mean, it's remarkable that they don't even want to talk about who this person is, no, or any yeah. any of the story. I, I, if you're wondering why they're losing viewers or or readers, maybe that's it, Bill. Well, you know, they are losing viewers and they are losing readers because uh, one of the fundamental rules of good journalism is you cannot tell people they don't see what they actually see. They they the left tried for years to pretend that there was no crime problem in America. Well, that's not what Americans were seeing every day. Uh, and the left was down, but they have rebuilt. The people running the Democratic Party today are equivalent ideologically to the people that the party threw out in the late 1940s because they were too close to communism. And, the, and, and they came back into the party during the Vietnam War era. That was also the era when journalism began to change. And if you described a Marxist as a Marxist, you were called a McCarthyite. Uh, so you know, a lot of these changes came together. I, I think the country is in poor shape. I think, I don't know if, if the press can be saved. I think the wise thing for reasonable Americans uh, to do would be to form new news companies, new news organizations on the old model that our job is to report the news. Because I don't think the ones that exist today can do the job. I don't no. think they can get back to what they were. I mean, CBS News is a complete joke. Mm -hmm. uh, they they fired Catherine Herridge 
who was yes. one of the finest reporters in television and a straight shooter. She came from Fox, came, came to CBS, and they fired her. And then they tried to take her private papers away from her. That has now been reversed. But I mean, why, why would they fire someone like that? But she is a first-class investigative reporter. And I feel, this is a theory, that they fired her because she was onto something. Right. Well, that could be because she, yes. she's good. She's very oh, good. Very Remember, good. She used to work with Fox News. And when she went to CBS, I regretted that. But I figured, well, maybe she'll improve things at CBS now that she's over there. Yes. But she's a, she's a really good reporter. Now, oh, yes. speaking of reporters, Bill, there was a, a lady. Her name is, I can't even think of her name. It doesn't matter. But she's a lady who is a reporter at, uh, at Political, the website, I guess. The yes. website. And she was talking about Trump supporters. I guess it's fashionable these days to beat up Trump supporters. And she was saying that that uh, they're, the Trump supporters are Christian nationalists. Yes. And the evidence of that, Bill, is something that, uh, I, I guess, uh, the Declaration of Independence, something that Thomas Jefferson wrote about, you know, we're endowed by our creator. And she says that if you believe that, then you are part of this Christian nationalist. Oh. And, and I'm sitting there going, where did that come from? Where does something like that come from? It, that, first of all, is wrong. For education. Yes, but how, how do you even keep a job at a network? Well, she's not in a network. She's in a website. But still, uh, you would think that the editor would call her in and say, you're crazy. What you just said is crazy. And... Uh, I don't know whether they fire her, but at least they tell her that she's crazy, Bill. Well, the, the, I mean, a statement like that is, is it's, it's beyond crazy. It's evil. It's evil because it twists around what the Constitution meant uh, and, and what Thomas Jefferson meant. Uh, and it, and it, she's probably one of these uh, 1619 believers that the country really started in 1619. And they, they are a great danger because they are taught as, as the school, same schools that provide many of the people to, to national journalism, and you get a comment like that. I mean, it's, it's like it's like. Uh, do you remember what the, one of the first days of the Gaza War, when all the networks started reporting that Israel had bombed a hospital and killed five hundred people? Yes. and it it turned out. I mean, it was all over the world. It ignited the Arab world. That is actually what ignited the Arab mm -hmm. anger. Yes. It was that report, and it turned out not to be true. Right. And, and it, it were people who have any experience in journalism would have should have asked immediately, how did they count that many bodies that quickly? <laughs> That's right. I mean, they, the right. news came out like three day, three, like like three uh, minutes after the so-called attack. It wasn't an attack. It was one of their own missiles. Uh, that went uh, awry and hit the parking lot of the hospital. The hospital was perfectly intact, but nobody checked anything. Right. And the BBC was one of the worst on that. Oh, uh, yes. Story. Oh, absolutely. But it, it reminds me, Bill, uh, remember the story that was going around and around that that the United States had killed <laughs> 600,000 Iraqis uh, yes. during the Iraq war. I mean, that story was going around. It was being treated as gospel. It turned out to be wrong. Uh, no, we didn't kill 600,000 Iraqis. Saddam Hussein may have. Yes. But we didn't. But, but Bill, getting back to this lady with political uh, political reporter, uh, you know, and then bringing in Bob Costas into the conversation, it seems fashionable these days to attack Trump supporters. It's almost like the only way you can get your credentials 
as a uh, liberal or as a reporter or anybody these days is to attack Trump supporters, to say yes. something nasty about them. Look at Bob Costas. My gosh, I grew up watching the, the baseball Saturday afternoon pregame show that he used to do. He was a great baseball, I guess other sports too, reporter. And now all of a sudden he has really, you know, my memory of him <laughs> has completely changed, Bill. Well, yes, you know, to refer to them as 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 a cult, will any of these reporters ever ask the question, why is he so popular with so many people? I mean, they're, they're afraid to ask that question. They really are, because they may get an honest answer. And that is that with all his faults, which are many, he stood up for the working people of this country, and he identifies with them. Uh, he he was he when he was the head of his company. Um, uh, I, I know a, a, a British reporter who told me that uh, he interviewed Trump and how impressed he was with him. And he said he goes to lunch most of the days with the hard hats, with the people who actually build the buildings. I believe there was a story circulating that his children had to get bulldozer licenses in order to be led into the company. Then they could become executives. He mm -hmm. wanted them to learn what it's like to work with your hands right. and that he was always very, very fair to his people. I mean, I mean, like this case that he committed fraud. I have a friend of mine who was in the, uh, who was uh, now retired, but was in banking and he was in real estate banking. And he said, it is unbelievable that they are prosecuting him on a practice that was common. It was it was expected with the banks when they were asked for a loan by a real estate company would say, well, what is your collateral? What is the value of what you own? Everybody exaggerated their value. That was part of what this, their, their executives were supposed to do. But right. we, th we think we're more valuable because in one of these buildings that we own, a president used to live. That That's makes it more valuable Then the banks themselves. And, and this gentleman I, I know would know that they had their own teams of very expert adjusters and evaluators and they right. would come in with their evaluation of what the party was worth and they would come to an agreement and right. he said this is a case without a victim they well all... that's it and nobody lost money nobody and, lost money. and that's the other thing i mean nobody lost money um it, it's an absolutely crazy case hopefully it'll go down on appeal but here's the interesting thing bill uh talking about new york even the governor has been asked about this because the governor had to say, well, no, this only applies to Donald Trump. Well, really? Uh, I mean, it could apply to anybody. They could do this to anybody who's on the other side politically, Bill. Yes. And there, now, there have now been some reports of some major figures in finance who are leaving New York because they're afraid they're going to be targeted. Why, why wouldn't they be targeted if they can get away with something like this? I mean, they could go after, let's say... Uh, Let's say this lady, Letitia James, <laughs> oh, was God. after a uh, a Republican uh, businessman who doesn't want to contribute to the Democrats, for example. Right. Mm -hmm. So they go after this person. You know, I had one time a, a Mexican businessman who invested in the United States. I, I asked him one time, what, why do you invest in the United States? I kind of knew the answer, but I wanted to hear from him. And he said, well, I invest in the United States because I can trust contracts. Hmm. And I can trust the judges. <laughs> and I know that at the end of the day, uh, I'm going to get a judge. The, the judges are going to be, they're going to be, they're going to go by the law. They're not going to be in the pocket of a politician or another politician. 
And that has really been the essence of, of American investment, Bill, the fact that people all over the world trust the United States, they trust the system. But this judgment in New York really raised a lot of questions. Oh, uh, very. I've seen more than one more than one investor on TV saying, hey, this is bad. This is really bad for, for New York, Bill. Yes, and, and it is bad for New York because I think you're going to find a lot of people, uh, unless they're prepared to join the Democratic Party for business reasons, but a lot of people are going to leave. And, and of course, that applies to small business as well. Uh, the, sure. the, the, uh, the situation is bad here. And even who, are, who, who she is, Letitia James, this is a woman who ran to be Attorney General of New York, which has always been a very prestigious position. Uh, because New York is a great law center. Uh, she ran on the platform of getting Trump. And not nobody asked her, well, what did he do that was illegal? They, the, they, the press just let her go. She is not really uh, she, uh, a big major figure of the Democratic Party. She ran on the, uh, the platform of the Workers' Party. Oh, oh, no, the Working People's Party. The Working People's Party is just an old Marxist political party. Nobody wants to discuss that either. I mean, we have we have a press that is so scandalously corrupt, and uh, a lot of that corruption is in New York that I don't even know why they exist. Right. But but she oh she wants to be governor and she may get to be governor, but maybe if she runs she will run into some opposition. Now, well, I hope so, and maybe yeah. somebody even even somebody like uh, Lee Zeldin can try it again. I hope so. Well, I hope uh, so. Uh, but no, but you're. I mean, I just feel that this hurts New York. Uh, oh, it does. It hurts New York a lot because investors are very worried about this, and they should be. They should be. When you start bringing uh, that much politics into what really shouldn't be political at all, this should be a straight up and down business case. Yes. Who, who made? Who committed fraud? Who got hurt? Nobody committed fraud, or nobody is claiming fraud. Yes. Nobody got hurt. This should have been maybe, I don't know, maybe a ten dollars <laughs> fine or something if they, if they need to find him for something. But uh, it, it's absolutely, absolutely horrible. Well, let's uh, go to a couple of quick stories here before we, we move on, Bill. Uh, the, the primary in South Carolina was a pretty big victory for, for President Trump. There's one today in Michigan. Yes. But the big story in Michigan, and I don't know if this will materialize, but the big story is on the Democrat side, where apparently uncommitted is, uh, is going to be on the on the ballot, and there's that congresswoman who's telling people to vote uncommitted. That yes. could be embarrassing for President Biden. Well, they they suddenly they they suddenly discovered that Michigan has a fairly large uh, Muslim community. I think it's the largest in the country in Dearborn, uh, and they're afraid of losing that vote. I don't know if they ever had it, uh, and, and it's a pretty radical community. Yes, it's 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 what's her name, Talib who's a real, real anti-Semite. Uh, and and they, uh, uh, as soon as they realized they might, um, they, the White House sent a representative to the uh, Dearborn community to apologize for the president's pro-Israel stance at the beginning of the war. Now, the mayor of Dearborn is a Hamas supporter, which is wonderful. I mean, we have Hamas supporter as the mayor of an American city. Uh, that's, that's like be, being a supporter of Soviet Russia. And and uh, they're 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 now trying to make amends. Uh, one of these days, some reporter will finally find out how many Muslim voters are there really, 
I mean, I don't want to, I don't want the total population of the area. I don't much care. What I want to know is what percentage actually vote. And maybe some people in the Democratic Party who who, they, who became very suddenly, uh, as, as the Gaza war began, suddenly critical of Israel, are now muting some of their criticisms. Maybe they are beginning to recognize that overwhelmingly Americans support Israel in this war, right. not, not Hamas. And, uh, but they're, they're, they, they're, they're, they're going to make some noise. Uh, they'll, they'll be out with the, with the flags and stopping traffic. And the, a number of people may vote uncommitted. Now, the way the American press operates, because it is so far to the left, is they're going to assume that all those people voted uncommitted because they supported the Arab side of the war. That may not be true at all. Right. Uh, it's an old American technique to write in names, uh, to uh, vote for nobody, to put an X on your ballot uh, as a protest vote against somebody. They may, not, we not, they may not even know who they are but as a protest vote. So right. I think it's it's probably going to be misinterpreted and it will go on from there. But the I, I, every time I look at uh, uh, President Biden, I realize how wrong it is for this man to even run for a second term. Uh, he is in such bad shape. Mm -hmm. I mean, he doesn't know where he is half the time. Right. If he were to get a call at three o'clock in the morning on a national nuclear issue, I would be frightened that he would not know what, what, the, what it is about or that he would uh, make a terrible decision in his confusion. You don't, you don't put a man like that in the White House. And what is so interesting about, about the situation is they did a poll as to, well, what if he were forced out, forced not to run uh, by illness or, or something? And who, who would you choose? And the winner of this poll, which was taken among Democratic voters, was um, Michelle Obama. Now, I mean, my God, what, when are these people going to grow up? Right. On the basis of what? Right. She was the president's wife. I mean, that that was it. I mean, the the idea of putting a statesman or stateswoman uh, uh, in that role uh, instead of Biden doesn't even occur to them. Everything no. is based on identity politics and and that kind of thinking. The Democratic right. Party has some good people. I mean, they they could they you know they they could find them in the Senate in the House, uh, some thoughtful people. But my God, to even think that Michelle Obama was a serious choice. But it's all about them in there. It's all about feeling good and yes, personality, that's, that's, identity yeah. politics and all of that. And sure. uh, I think they're killing the party, honestly, with it, because um, if we've learned anything about identity politics is that uh, it's not working real well in, in the Biden administration, the vice president, the secretary of transportation, the secretary of energy uh, and the press secretary. They're all products of identity politics and none of them know what they're doing. Well, that's exactly right. Or they or they do know what they're doing. They're following orders and uh, the orders are uh, are horrible. They're coming from the worst people. Right. I mean, our national security apparatuses, it seems not to be working at all, and we are losing people from the armed forces, and the people that they are getting are below standard. That's right. That's right. No, it, it's uh, we're in a very bad situation, to say the least. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. As always, have a uh, have a great week up in the, in the Empire State, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll uh, hope it's still called the Empire State the next time we talk to you. You know, they're making a lot of changes up there to comply with the woke. Yes. Maybe, maybe Empire is going to be too, uh, 
I don't know, too European. I don't know. I don't know. Well, too, well, too authoritarian, well, maybe. I think any empire we have in New York is probably going to be leaving uh, for other states pretty All soon. All right. Well, we'll call it the former umpire, empire. Former state, empire. State. Yeah. But thank you so much. Have a great, uh, have a great week. And as always, thank you so much for your uh, participation, Bill. My, it's my appreciation to you too, Sylvia. All right. Go watch an Elizabeth Taylor movie. I will <laughs> do it right now. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Bill. Our our good friend Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. I mentioned Elizabeth Taylor because this is would have been her birthday, born in 1932. And uh, Bill brought up a couple of things about her that are very interesting. I, I do not have a favorite movie of Elizabeth Taylor. I know she made dozens of them. I don't even know how many. But I don't have a favorite movie. But for some crazy reason, Little Women keeps coming back to me. And that may, may be that a coincidence that that's the last movie that I saw. Uh, a few weeks ago, they were showing that movie on one of these uh, retro channels. And it was, a, it was a, a fun movie. I mean, I knew the story. But it was, uh, it was fun to see Elizabeth Taylor play the young woman in that movie. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.